Hello and welcome back to Turf Talk. Bally Griffin Cottage is the best staying, obviously, in the UK. The Germans are out of the World Cup and life could barely be any better. We've got the Grand National Fences this weekend and what Touchwood looks a hot renewal of the Tingles Creek should everyone turn up. Jim, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a cracker on paper, I hope. Yeah, on paper. I can't I'd like to get to Saturday afternoon to find out if they'll all still be there. Uh Nicky and his watering can walking up and down Sandow. Um hopefully they all stay standing at this moment in time they are and what a cracker we will be in for. Yeah, lots to talk about. This weekend, the focus for us will be Sandown and Aintree. Uh, Jim also might have a have a swing at the feature at Chepstow. There's also the uh, Hatton's Grace, the Royal Bond, and the Drinmore in Fairy, uh, at Fairy House on it on Sunday. Might get a little bit of time to chat about that as well. Jim, we'll crack straight on though, mate, with the Sandown card. The opening race at twelve o'clock is a class two novices hurdle. Decent event on paper as well. Uh, obviously, our, our good friends, uh, Taylor and all, do I have gold up in there, but surely a job for any of these to be authorised speed. Yeah, authorised speed. A horse that makes me think he will be going the Betfair route. Um, I'm hoping he doesn't win too far and that doesn't hamper his mark. I think he's got plenty of speed. He travels. He pulled Jimmy Moore's arms out last time, winged everything, jumped exceptionally well. Um Champion bumper farm from last season. A horse I like going into this season and I'd rather be on the good side of him and he will take a hell of a lot of beating but I, I think Goldo will, will run a, a, a good enough race. I, I, I liked what he did a few errors last time. Um, TC on board. I'm, I'm looking forward to him. I, I think he'll get, he's certainly got place options at the weekend. The 12.35 is a mare's handicap hurdle, Jim. And Westbound Bobble, we mentioned her on the podcast a couple of weeks ago uh, when she didn't end up running. Uh, but she's 2-1-5 to one, five to beat Cockalico, who's 7-2. to two. White Hot Chili Phillies, 13-2. Mary Poppins is 7s. 9s bar them, Jim. Uh, you'd be hopeful that Westbound Bobble should be able to get the job done in this company on her handicap debut last season's Challow Hurdle runner-up. Yeah, the the form of this race, I think she's she could be a level above these. A mark of one two seven is a, a gift for me, um, and I'm sure she'll carry on progressing this season. She should be better than although Cockley Cop um, won at Ascot fairly impressively the other week over three miles. Um, I'm not sure how good a form that is, and West Balboa should be a lot better than this. Carrying twelve stone here, I'd be disappointed if she got beat. Yeah, not a betting race for me, Jim, though I, I, I see why people would want to take the short price about West Balboa. Yeah, and I, I agree. I, I can only imagine it'll probably short, and I think people will try and find an angle to get a beat, and they won't. Yeah, can't, can't add anything more to that, mate. The Potemps qualifier is at ten past one. Interesting races, Kofavs. Call Me Lord, Halo Desabo and Bridge North, and that are all 9-2. Sidi Ismail, 13-2. Sir Robbie, 8. Wildabout Oscar, Scarpia, Nambiti, 10s. Then 14s bar the remaining three. Uh, I struggled with this initially, mate. Do you have anything strong? No, nothing really. A lot of fairly exposed types where we know where we are uh, who have been yo-yoing up and down the, the handicap. If I was pushed for one, 
Um, he'd probably call me, be called me Lord. I, th- I thought it was fair enough him being moved up £4 last time. Ben Bromley takes the 7 off uh, this weekend. A jockey who I think is well worth his, his £7 claim. Um, very established in the saddle. Um, we know Cormy Lord's been around for a fair few years now, and his run at Kempton was solid enough, beating Captain Morgs, even though his uh, head carriage and him wanting to go forward isn't necessarily everything that he wants. Dominated from the front, and you know what you're going to get from Cormy Lord. He's up, um, up in trip here again. We've seen him. Uh, up in trip previous, he finished six at Sundown in a in a three mile handicap. Um, so he's been around course of distance. He, he was tried in higher company early on in his career over three miles. And I think if he goes to five to one, I'll back him each way probably. Um, a bit of a scumbag each way, but but you know what you're going to get with him. Whereas with a few of the others, there's a few question marks behind. Um, I think City Ismail's an ultra consistent horse. Uh, in recent times, I think the handicap has just got a fair enough grip of him and no- knocking him up another pound last time for finishing third is not going to help his case. I think he's exposed over fences in, in his handicap mark and over hurdles now. So I'd be, as much as I like Sidney Ismail, I think he's, he's at his, at his mark right now. Um, and Bridge North stepping back up in trip is a horse I'd be, like to be on the right side of. Um, he ran over too far in a in a hot entry handicap, I think. Petit Tonnier didn't run too badly last week behind Red Risk. Lewis had tipped up Petit Tonnier at bigger price, and one for one more for the road was in that race in Peking Rose. He was fifth at entry behind Gilino Bello, um, the fourth in that I think has gone on and won on chase debut. Gilino Bello won on chase debut. Uh, so it's interesting they're keeping him over hurdles this season because he's a typical Trevor Emmins chasing type. They're expecting him to go out this season, but they've, they've taken the time. And a mark of 126 is more than workable. Back up to three miles, I think that will see him uh, to better effect. And other than that, there's not an awful lot. But I'd, uh, the two I'd be signing with would be Call Me Lord and Bridge North. Yeah, I'm, I'm half wary of Call Me Lord's win last time, mate. Even though he's technically lowering the weights with with Ben Bromley taking over from Daryl Jacob, uh, just kind of half strikes me as whiffy form, beating Captain Morgs, who is a little bit of a half-hearted animal. Would it be fair to say? Yeah, and, yeah. And Fiddler, who isn't a two and a half mile hurdler, uh, you know, it, I, I I think. He'll need to be better here, despite racing from a lower weight. Uh, Bridge North was the one for me, pal. If anything, it, it's probably how he shaped last time out, rather than anything he did in the novice season. I know he was fifth in the Sef- Sefton. Uh, don't like that race. Uh, I think it already looks weak, even though I'm a fan of the winner, Jolino Bello. But... Uh, you know, gent- gentleman at arms, heart of steam. Uh, not particularly done the form. Great favours. Uh, Crystal Glory made a winning chase start at Hexham, uh, didn't he? But it, to say he's fifth in a grade one probably flatters him in terms of what that makes it sound like he achieved. But that being said, I wouldn't be surprised if he ran to better than one two six. And it was an, ad- an adequate trip 
on his reappearance over two and a half miles at Aintree. Uh, still lightly raced enough in handicaps. Uh, Hemmings, Daly and Patrick, he's a slow, slow animal. And uh, I think this sort of race uh, could see him to, to best effect. It's also probably worth noting, and I'm not saying that horses aren't going to be trying at this time of year, but He's rated one two six, which means uh, a third or a fourth, unless he wins another race in in the interim, wouldn't get him into the potemps itself, even if he does qualify. Uh, so that is another little bit of extra incentive for Bridge North in terms of that they can't afford to play the game here. He's going to have to go up a minimum of five or six pounds to get into the potemps final, if that is a plan. And given the fact that he's a lightly race staying hurdler running in a qualifier, uh, it'd be daft if it wasn't. Yeah, agree. Nine to two lump on then. Yeah, happy enough. Well, never lump on a Potemps qualifier. But, oh, uh, come on. We love a Potemps qualifier, really. No, do you know what? They haven't looked as cheaty so far this year. Maybe you know, I, I might daft or... Yeah, I think it's because of the four places. And, and I feel like they're more fairly ran races. Like, you actually have to try <laughs> to finish fourth. Yeah, no, mate, I'd, I'd agree with that. Moving on to the first grade one of the weekend. He's a close brothers, Henry VIII, novices chase. Uh, John Bon is uh, obviously freeze on to beat Boot Hill, who is second in the 17 to 2. 7 to 2, 7 to 2, sorry. 14 unexpected party and 100 to 1 on a de Jonc. Uh, there's just no chance John Bon loses this. I got told today, Jim, which is a lovely, lovely stat, and uh, I'm glad to share it with the audience, is that John Bon, uh, on his chasing debut, put up the third biggest ever time form time figure by a chasing debutant. The third biggest in history. Like, huh? that's ridiculous. Can you tell me who's first and second? The, the... Uh, no, I can't. Oh, disappointing. Uh, I will find that out. I'll find um, and let the people know. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter what price Boot Hill is, like you described. It, there's going to be no stopping John Bonnet. It was breathtaking, uh, the Warwick Novice chase. Um, there was just one he got slightly wrong, and he even still winged it. His jumping was impeccable. Um, the word I described it was stylish. And I wasn't a massive fan of John Bonnet over hurdles, but that was... Breathtaking and pretty impressive. Um, he's obviously going to be a leading novice chaser this year. The, the horses that are of higher quality are running scared of him. Uh, but Boot Hill is a is a nice contender. Um, his jumping at Ascot was very, very good as well. Um, after I question marks of his chasing debut last year, he's grown into himself this year. Um, he's... He's gonna run his race, and but John Bond's in a different parish to this. Uh, and where would where do you go next? Where do you plot your season with John Bond? What do you do with him? Do you race him at Christmas? Do you wait till after Christmas? How many more runs before Cheltenham? Uh, Waywood lad, Cheltenham. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, I I don't I don't think James Spirit if they want. That was Altior's route, wasn't it? Where he would have yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I think he'll, he'll have 
this one more run then Cheltenham and I think that would be logical enough and then probably he did punch us down last year didn't he uh, injury last year didn't he so I won't be surprised if we go that route um, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing him again I, I'm not well, I've never been one of John Bond's biggest fans I know Lewis has and I can't claim to be but I, I'm looking forward to seeing him wing round Sandown again have you got the stat who, who put, put up the higher performances by time for Manchester Eden? no mate sorry I'll, I'll have to ask a person I don't have it in a no problem no in problem. a spreadsheet uh, that, that, that'll be that'll be gathered verbally uh, can we can we have a guess who we think it might be? Oh God, we've been around since the forties, mate. Uh, <laughs> uh, There's an orchid. Oh, I wouldn't have a clue. I genuinely would not have a clue. Uh, but yeah, look, that 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 goes to some way to, to talking just about how good John Bond. Wasn't his chasing debut? It was effortless, and he made a mockery of two good horses in Monmouth and Westcock. And the, the, the probability is the pair of them can't have ran that both of them that badly below, you know, their own form. Monmouth gave Westcock a nine-length beating, which is probably what you'd have expected. Similar that to around that sort of distance anyway on their uh, on their hurdles form. Uh, John Bond jumped impeccably, cruised around Warwick, uh, jumped like like an absolute dream. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love I love the horse, mate. I think he can travel really really quickly and then find another gear. I think it's a rare asset in a national hunt race horse, and uh, yeah, all roads lead to the Arkle. Uh, the only the only little thing for me, of course, he's not a backable price, and I wouldn't be ever going anywhere near. I think at one to three. Going right-handed over fences. Do you think that's that's a problem? I mean, he no. went right-handed over hurdles, didn't he? Yeah, don't care, mate. Don't. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter which way around. He could be going around the course in a different direction to the others. He'd still happen. I, I haven't seen why it would make any difference, mate. He only ran on the. Uh, ran this way round once last season, wasn't it? In the kennel gate. Yeah. Which was an absolute farce of a race, uh, but I I don't remember anything markedly wrong with his jumping on that occasion. If anything, I think I came away from it thinking he actually jumped really well despite being a little bit keen and wanting him to go quicker. He was still efficient. Yeah. So so if you're riding any of the others, where where do you see him Coleman sitting? Do you think he'll go on, or do you think uh, on the junk will probably go on? Unexpected part has been held up behind McFabulous last time. Boot Hill was ridden midfield last time. Do you think he will go, I'm on the best horse in this race, I'll try and dominate? Yeah, and nine times out of ten, if I was a jockey on a horse like John Bon, uh, that would be what I'd try to try to do. Well, we saw it last weekend, didn't we, with Constitution Hill? Yeah. Keep it simple. Keep it yeah. simple. Leave, leave nothing to chance. If you're on the best horse by a fair distance... Uh, don't give anything any rope, any leeway. You set the, you set the tempo and make them work for it. Yeah. Don't, don't give something half a chance to make you look silly. Uh, it winds me up when that happens. And you know, John John Bond's a keen going sort anyway. Uh, just do what David Maxwell did last week on the other week on Saint Calvados and just go from the front. <laughs> yes, 
Although maybe <laughs> not quite like that. Just tone it down a little bit, please, David. Yeah, just just a little bit, please. But no, I'm 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 very much excited. Uh, I think he's really really out of the top draw, and think he can give a couple of decent rivals here an absolute whomping room for a treat, boys. Uh, the two twenty, the Betfair Daily Rewards handicap hurdle is an interesting enough race in itself as well. Uh, they currently bet Love Envoy seven to four last year's Mayor's Novice winner. Home Public is nine to two. A horse I've uh, said a couple of nice things about over the years. Playful Saint Sixers. Hermes Boy, a horse with Jim said nice <laughs> things about a long time ago, is fifteen to two. Friend Orfo tens twelve to one. Matata and Neate thirty threes bar them. Interesting this mate. Love Envoy's a pretty short price given that she brings a a uh, very different type of form line into this race. You think a Grade Two winner would be an absolute standout here, but we know how waff mares graded races are. Um, even though Miranda wins them all, um, so second at Fairy House, she was beaten comfortably by a, a, a mare who I think will be going places this year. Um, her jumping was a little bit sloppy. She progressed through last season, like. She won that Jane Seymour novice hurdle that really shouldn't even be a grade two. It could be a seller and I still wouldn't be interested. Um, I've just looked and looked and looked to take her on here. Um, Like Louis said, he's a fan of on public. So am I a little bit now. And he's coming to the bottle, bottle, coming to the bubble a little bit now. Um, That victory at Weatherby was very impressive. Uh, cruised into contention, everything was off the bridle, and he soon flew away from his rivals, um, beating some fairly decent horses for a, for a Weatherby handicap. It was competitive, of course, Franchion was in it, um, and Riff Darjon, who had decent novice form, too friendly, uh, and he was fairly impressive here. Um, he's put two nice performances together now, uh, having had good, decent juvenile form. Um, and I, if if he, I think he's a little bit short in the betting personally. Um, up seven pounds for this. Toby Wynn taking the five off. Um, I like a, a bigger price about him, so I'll probably wait ninety two all round really, uh, and as short as four to one. Hermes boy it was I thought it was one of the best handicapped horses in training, and how wrong I was. Um, someone's tipped him up this week, hence he's. Dramatic price fall, I think. He was about 16 to 1 for this race a couple of days ago, which was of interest, but now at 15 to 2, I couldn't back him with stolen money. Um, he's dropping in the handicap to a mark of 119. Um, he's going right handed, which could be a positive, but I thought that when he ran at Sandown. Uh, having jumped left handed on his uh, victory at Exeter, um, going right handed, I thought, will suit him. Um, He's been running around Hereford, Chepstow, Worcester last times. Um, he still hung right at Sandown when he was third. I'd be wary of him at a, a too short a price. A horse who I think will be worth a little bit of a squeak each way. Now, I think this is a fairly weak renewal for a Saturday two-mile handicap, if I'm being honest. He's bashful boy. Um He's got bits and pieces of nice form on better ground. And the weather forecast for this weekend is looking like it's going to be on the better side of good to soft. Um, he was third to the Widowmaker 
at Wincanton in a handicap hurdle off a mark of 1-2-1. He was second to Arkham Risk, who's um, come out in Frank Farm in, in chases and hurdles uh, this season. He's finished sixth in the Swinton before off a mark of 1-2-3 with Philip Armstrong taking his um, five off his back. Uh, and he's won at Market Raisin off a mark of one two two uh in a in a easy enough easier race than this. Um and off a mark of one two two here, I think back to his last winning mark, I think he could be a little bit of interest at forty to one if I'm being honest. I, it's not a race I'm I'm overly enthusiastic about and I'm looking to get love love envoy beat. But if the ground is on the quicker side, I will certainly be signing with him. He's been disappointed in his last few starts at Newbury and Kempton. But if he finds any bit of his old form, I wouldn't be surprised if he was to get in the placings on Saturday. And at 40, that's something I can't, can't refuse. Yeah, I found this very tricky. Like you said, you've got a favourite who I think, similarly to you, Jim, my initial reaction was, right, let's get Love Envoy beat. Because it's, it's very hard to translate a mare's Mare's novice form into some sort of accurate figure. I guess maybe if you were gonna looking at what she's done and the horses she's beaten, uh, she gave a fair beating to Nina the Terrier, who is a horse I would say is a relatively decent yardstick and has quite a lot of handicap forming, good handicaps to her name. We kind of know what sort of horse Nina the Terrier is. Uh, she's rated one three one now, I think, after finishing fifth in the Great Wood last time. Love Envoy is rated £8 above her. Uh, that could be lenient, mate. That could be lenient. On the... And it's understandable why they've gone for a 60 grand handicap rather than rather than going straight into graded mares races, isn't it? Well, what what really is around this time of year? You've got the Weatherby one and then a good mares race in this country over hurdles. Are you waiting till Alaska in January? Yeah, that's a point. So I, I I fully get it, and I fully think one three nine could be a a workable mark. The more I've looked at Love Envoy, from my initial thought being we'll get a beat because her form could just be ten pounds worse. I now I'm pretty confident one three nine's probably about right, and if so, might be actually closer to the lenient side than the stiff side. The one that is the thorn in the side is Home Public like you said, who was a horse I, I liked as a juvenile, was mad keen on him for the Fred Winter. I backed him at a ridiculous price, 33s or 40s, and he went off 11s and ran like an absolute dog, uh, which tends to happen just like Fantasticus did as well when I was on him at a massive price, and he became the talking horse and forgot how to move his legs. Uh, but the Green and Guerrero yard is upwardly mobile, They've had a fine start to the season. Uh, he looked really, really impressive at Weatherby last time. I think he is going to give Love Envoy something to think about. And the price differential makes it makes it tricky. I think one of the pair win, I, and I do think Love Envoy is slightly likelier. Uh, I don't think I'd have a better than current prices. On public nine to two each way, maybe again for an account closing horrible. Oh, scumbaggy! 
no one no one will like me. But I don't like really the remainder of the field. Playful Satan was weak in the market on his return. Uh shaped as if he was if he was in need of that outing. But you know, he he's he's a hard horse to get an angle on. He he's won a average ish race at Weatherby and then it's French juvenile hurdles. Uh, like you said, Hermes boy, friend or foe who's not a bad horse to be fair, coming back over hurdles. I I I think there's quite a lot of these who are unconvincing coming into this. Uh and that's why I'm I'm pretty confident the winner will come from one of the pair at the top of the market. Yeah, that's why I had a little bit of a stab with Bashful Boy to be honest, because there wasn't I thought the middle the horses in the middle of the betting roll looking to take them on. They didn't have an awful lot in hand. As much as I respect Love Envoy, I'm not at 7-4 to four can she be a fan for me. And that, I, On Public wasn't a big enough price. I'd, I'd like him a little bit bigger. Um, so I'd, I'd be siding with Bashful Boy. Before we move on, Jim, just briefly, what price would you consider Love Envoy backable? 5-2. Mm, that was the exact same one I had in my head. Right. Hopefully, mate. Hopefully. On to the 255, the feature race of the weekend, the Betfair Tingle Creek. Touchwood, they all turn up. The ground, currently, the chase course is good, good, soft in places recorded on Thursday evening. Shishkin, 11 to 10 to beat Grenatine, who's 15 to 8. 6 to 1, Edward Stone. 10's Gentleman de May. 25's Funamble Civilla. And 66 to 1, Dunvegan. Uh, Jim, I'll, I'll be pretty confident about this. And as much as I like Grenatine, and as much as I was m- massively impressed by what he did in the Holden Gold Cup, uh, Shishkin's Clarence House chase win is the best two-mile chasing performance we've seen since Sprinter Sacra. And he wasn't right last time. If he's fit, he takes so much beating. Correct. And 11-10 to 10 on a horse that is clearly far superior to Grenatine. In the nicest possible way, Grenatine's a great horse. He's going to be he's going to be fit and firing, ready back back to go. The Henderson big guns are out in in full force. He's he's going to be back this weekend and put on a performance that hopefully we see if the ground is on the softer side. Um, again, I can't believe he's he's eleven to ten. I'd have him shorter. It's like a bit of a redemption weekend for a few horses this week, and and. I'm willing to give Shishkin another chance, although he cost everyone fortunes at Chelton. Um, I'm willing to give him another go here. Um, he's got, of course, that was the only other time uh, he'd ever been beat when standing on his feet. Um, he's dominated Grenatine before by 10 lengths in the Desert Orchid last year, and I wouldn't be surprised if he does it again. I know this is Grenatine's backyard, but I, I won't be scared of him. He's not a, as much as I love Grenatine and go on all the time, and and thought he's a solid champion chase, Grade One horse for a while. He's he's in a different post called Chisky. Um and like you said, Sprinter Sacra in the same breath as him. I, I won't be surprised if we see a, a breathtaking performance this weekend. Edward Stone, we have to give a mention. We've been withdrew the other week in that two mile. Handicap chase at Ascot uh, back out here. He obviously improved so much for fences last year. 
impressive at Cheltenham. Didn't beat an awful lot. It'll be interesting to see where he stands this year in open graded company. Um, six to one about him is a price of interest, though. I wouldn't be too disappointed about six to one. Um, I could feel a scumbag each way bet on him at that price. And gentleman, gentleman to me, um, we saw what he did to Edward Stone at, on National Day last year. Um, very, very impressive. Uh, just a little mistake too out and dominated the race. He was looking seriously beat when unseating at the last in the Poplar Square chase at Nace. Um, he'd need to improve again, but he's an interesting rival, only six turning seven. Uh, still a lot more to come from him. Uh, and of course, Foon and Bull Sivilla, who was second to Anergamine last season. Uh, and improved it, it's a proper cracking renewal um, and hopefully we can see the real Shishkin back um, but I wouldn't be I, I just what would you do with Nicky Henderson telling Nico de Boinville where would you sit I'm expecting Funambul Sivilla to go forward gentlemen to me won't be too far behind him Shishkin roughly in behind Grenatine will be stalking Shishkin personally I'd, I'd have that I think it'll be the opposite. I think Grenatine might try and replicate what he did in the Harlem Gold Cup to such good effect. And go catch me if you can. Yeah. Do you th- yeah. He's, he's never been normally ridden like that. Do you think that's how they'll go on in future to ride him? Uh, I don't see why not. That That's not me saying uh, I'm certain about it. <laughs> but I can't really think of any negatives because he is a really, really accurate jumper, Grenatine, isn't he? That's that. That's a huge plus to his game. He's like, he jumps well, and again, if he's just allowed his head and gets into some sort of rhythm up front, that's sound. You know, like I said, you know about John Bond, come and beat me if you can. You know, that that that'd be the way I'd play it. Uh, it is interesting, though, like you say, gentleman de will go forward. Uh, Fernando Civil can. Uh, Edward Stone and Shishkin won't be far away, though. I, I, have, I have no doubt about that. Uh, I, I can't really add too much to what you've said, mate. I, I think Shishkin's a, a cracking price. This is a, this will be the first time uh, since the Supreme that he'll have gone off odds against, if indeed he does. Uh, so, you know, that, that speaks volumes about, about what he's achieved so far in his career. You can easily write a performance, I think, as bad as what Shishkin produced at Cheltenham off. And uh, I'm half inclined to back him for the champion chase again now because it wouldn't take much. It wouldn't take anything more than what he did last most of last year uh, for him to be at the forefront of everyone's mind again for that race in March. My other my other final point uh, was, was about Edwin Stone and Gentleman de May. Uh, I kind of bought it at entry from Gentleman de May. You know, he was a obviously a, a very lightly raced animal, a horse who had always had a relatively big reputation, went off a hot, hot favourite for the Martin Pipe on only his fourth career start and only his second one for Mullins, and then ran a remarkable race after making an absolute turf himself at the start of Punchestown after uh, to get anywhere near as close as he did. So he was a horse who, in a very short space of time, showed that, he had a lot of ability if it was got to be channeled in the right way. It started looking like he was 
going that way. And I bought what he did at Inter, he beat Edward Stone. Uh, after last time, now I'm not so sure. Because Edward Stone had a very, very busy campaign last year. Gentleman DeVaze was easier in terms of uh, spacing between races and the, co- the competitiveness of the events he was taking part in. Uh, he just looked like he was done fair and square at Nace. And you can, like I said, you can always, I, I'm always happy to give a horse one bad run if they've shown enough promise on the way, on the way in. But, I don't know, mate. Uh, question marks about them. Edward Stone, love him. Think he's a class, class, class act. But, I don't think it was a vintage crop of two mile novices last season. And, uh, think he's a class animal. But, I think he does well to win a grade one this year. Yeah, I, I agree. And I'm looking for, I'm really, really looking forward to this race. It's like a, it's a proper grade one, which we haven't seen in, in a while in England. I mean, we of course had the def, destructive performance last weekend at Newcastle in the grade one, but this is a proper two mile tingle creep. Yeah, looking forward to it, mate, but we're both with Shishkin. The final race at Sandan uh, on Saturday is the Winners' Wear Cavani Men's Wear London National <laughs> Handicap Chase. It's the Disha Abba London National Handicap Chase, isn't it? It is, and he's 4 2 on second five. Good old Disha Abba. Uh, Revels Hill is 2 is the favourite. Quick Wave 9 to 2. Eclair de Guy 13 to 2. Plan Paradise in Rem. 14, 16 is Gwensilla Burbus and 20 bar them, which includes Red Happy having his million front of the season and his stable mate Django. How many owners' badges do you need, Mrs. Wilson? She obviously just wants to see Shifty. <laughs> she could have done that with one of them. <laughs> there is no need to kill both your horses. Christ. Uh, it angers me every time I see those animals declared again. Uh, Jim, Revels Hill is a pretty short price favourite, uh, but he just goes and wins this. Really good Oh, rest. take him on. Take him on. Stop stop following the market. A clear, no. a clear, go on, make case for Revels Hill then. Uh, really progressive, up to staying trips towards the back end of last season. Still in contention when he unseated uh, behind Slipway in early January. Then he beat, okay, look, Slate House is Slate House. He's not a horse who I think takes much beating nowadays. Uh, but he did win twice in the spring, and Revels Hill beat him really, really, really readily in February. Then stepped up to three and a half miles. Again, comfortable defeat of the two amigos. Uh, and then over a trip which, based on what he did last year, was a mile to half a mile short of his best. Uh, ran a really good race to beat what I thought was a, a decent field, all by your darling, who I know... Bridal know, merchant. Yes, I know he's, he's looked a bridal merchant and he's looked an absolute pussy in the past. But <laughs> he, he has always... There has been no debate that your darling has always had a brilliant cruising speed and uh, there is ability... 
you know, even if even if the chassis and the engine sputters from time to time, he can go really fast when he wants to. Uh, and one, two, three had half a look of being a gift mark for him, and so it proved. But Revels Hill beat what I thought the rest uh, the rest of a competitive field really well. He will only be better up in trip. I know he's two to one, but uh, this horse just wins. Just wins. He goes really fast when he wants. Beautiful analysis of your darling. Um, one question about Revels Hill, and he didn't have it last time at Ascot, but prior to that, in a few of his performances previously, at Hereford, he made some absolute howlers. He was unseated at Southall, he made some howlers at Taunton behind Slate House, and he made a few errors at Taunton behind the two amigos. And I know it's even more impressive that he's come out and won since. But his mark has slowly risen because of these wins. And if he makes these errors at Sandown, down the back straight, the pond, all them fences come at you quickly. If he makes one error on, or two or three errors, I'd be slightly worried. And for that reason, I have a slight question mark with his jumping and I'm going to take him on. Um, I think a Claire de Guy offers a decent each way value at 13 to 2. Um, ran. At Sandown, in a three-mile chase behind Eclair Surf, who at the time was, um, who had been in, in flying form later on and sadly ill-fated at Saintree. Um, but he won the classic, went on to win the classic chase. Uh, he was just in behind, um, Eclair Surf was Eclair de Guy, um, off a mark of 125. It's now down to 118 after some disappointing performances. Pulled up uh, at in a Lingfield three-mile four chase. Was third at Sandown in the London National last year off a mark of 125 uh, behind Disha Abbott, only beaten seven lengths. Mark is dropping. Harry Cobden booked um, for the first time. is a positive jockey booking for me. Um, yeah, taking over from Frost, riding for Wadham, which is a little bit of a... Uh... I, don't, I get why, but yeah, that. Uh, well, I'd, ra- I'd rather have Harry Cobden riding than Bryony Frost with a broken collarbone. Uh, oh yeah, of course, but uh, <laughs> I just, it is a little bit of an eye-catching a uh, trainer jockey combo there. I, I, would you assume Bryony's had some part to play in that? Yes, I, I, I'd like to think so, um, and I think with this decreasing mark, a horse that's got great form round Sandown. I certainly think at 13 to 2, he won't be out of the first three, and I'll be very diff- disappointed if he is. Um, he does throw in the odd stinker, but very rarely, other than the ones that stand down behind Fortescue after just never really being in the race, he's, his form of recent time has been fairly decent, and I, I can't ignore him in this off a mark of 118. And if he runs anything like he did in the race last year, I think he'll be closer to Disha Abba, and I think he's I think he's a great bet at thirteen to two. If I'm being honest, fair enough, mate. I, I can kind of see that. Uh, I've been relatively more forgiving than others of Disha Abba in the past. Uh, I, I liked him at a huge price in the Grand National. I thought he was the sort of strange animal who might actually be. In, being rather uh, sparked up by that sort of unconventional test as he enjoys Sandown so much, which is, a, uh, I guess, a less conventional track than most. Uh, he d- didn't even get his name mentioned in commentary. He was that bad. <laughs> he about seven fences. 
which is possibly the worst shout from me ever. Uh, and look, I know he goes well at Sandown, and he has some strong Sandown form to his name, including when just narrowly denied in this race last year. But uh, he's always the sort of horse you want to be with at a price, I think. Because he just doesn't win that much. How does he have a mark of 142? The handicapper never forgives him. Well, again, he, he look, he chased home Lamilos, wasn't it? Uh, at, yeah. uh, at, at this course in, in February. You know, which, which is form that now looks really strong. Uh, but the the bottom line with Desharaba... And again, like I've said, I'm, I am uh, less inclined to call him names than other people have been in the past. But the bottom line with him is that there are, he, he runs badly more than he runs well. And I know he runs well at Sandown uh, more often than he runs badly at Sandown. But I don't want that sort of profile uh, for a horse who is such a short price. His course form is the only thing that entitles him to be that price. Correct. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to it this year, mate. Uh, I, I love staying chasers. Uh, sometimes I think the London National is bad, uh, but I think it's quite an interesting event this year. I say it comes the same weekend as the uh, Welsh National Trial and the Beecher, <laughs> which means it's often closer to a, uh, you know, a Devon National than an actual Saturday handicap. But looking at, look to be fair, looking at some of the past winners, there are some brilliant names in there. A three-year streak, Ben Ben's Rocky Creek and Carol's Destrier. Brilliant. That's the sort of horses we want back now. Yeah, lovely animals. But uh, yeah, I, I think Revels Hell. Uh, Revels Hell? Revels Hill is a... Uh, is uh, halfway to being a cert. This oh, take him on. Take him on. Oh, lovely stuff, mate. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. But it is a really, really good Sandown card. Fingers crossed, touching every bit of wood I can find, that they all stand their ground. We'll go to Aintree, mate. Uh, nothing really I'd like to mention across the first three races, other than interesting number one, Pleasant Man is back hurdling uh, for the McNeil family. Obviously, a, a good flat horse. Uh, pulled up in the Adonis on his only other hurdle start. He takes on strong leader of Ollie Murphy's, who I think is going to be a, a really, really decent animal this season. Uh, that looks like an interesting race. Nothing for me, though, in the in the second two uh, events, really, especially not in the Phillies juvenile race. Do you want to get crap straight on with the many clouds? Of course. Who wants to talk about crap Phillies juvenile hurdle? Yeah, you're a mentalist if you enjoy that sort of thing. Uh, you need checking. Uh, Ahoy, senor, is the five to four favourite to win the many clowns chase. Shantry Hound is 11 to two. <laughs> the same price as uh, Sounds Russian, who is the opposite of him in every way. Uh, six as Noble Yates, nine Sam Brown, 14 to one Dashel Drasher. Tricky event this, Jim. <sighs> if Ahoy, senor does what he did here last season, does what he did at Weatherby, even does what he did at Cheltenham, uh, he wins this by 20 lengths. But he was oddly bad at Weatherby last time. It was too bad to be true, though, and surely 
that can't be a true reflection of a horse who's very rarely been out of the first two, uh, only the twice before when unseen at Carlisle and, and, of course, last time. I mean, this is his track. This is his distance. He loves the entry. He has to bounce back here in what you could say is a below-par many clouds, although isn't the many clouds in recent years been that good? Um, no, it's, I mean, always, it's always a bad race, mate. I don't think this is even that below-par, to be fair, because you've got... You've got a national winner. You've got a horse from the north on the up. You've got a woof-woof. And you've got a horse that's won a handicap and run all right in the uh, Charlie Hall. And Dashwell Josh is solid enough. So maybe this year is a little bit above par. But a high senior should absolutely laugh at these. Should he not? Yes, but my my plan would to be pumped uh, something each way. <sighs> Scumbaggy again. Well... Whether that is Sounds Russian, who was a horse I have so much time for, ridiculously progressive for Ruth Jefferson. Uh, you know, we liked him when he won at Kelso on his return. <laughs> he, he genuinely, I genuinely think he's one of the best horses in the North. I'd and love he, to see him in the National. Oh, yeah. He, I, I, I think that's exactly what, what he'll do this year. And I think he'd have a brilliant chance on everything we've seen of him so far this season. Uh, and that's the thing, and I know a Hoy Senor, like I said last time, was too bad to be true. And uh, he could probably rel- uh, run a couple of pounds below his best and still win this. Uh, he's just half already. Because I didn't like what he was doing at any stage in the Charlie Hall. Which worries me a bit. If I can you know, see, see him travelling slightly... Or, you know, him just faltering at the end. Or something like that. I couldn't really pick a single positive out of anything he did at Wembley. Which His was... jumping on the first circuit was a positive for me. His jumping on the second circuit was pathetic. Pathetic. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Uh, the one who probably is overpriced, and I, I like Sounds Russian, as I said, he's 11-2, to 2, and he should be a shorter price than Shantry House, who just has Haslam or Bulger written all over him this time next <laughs> year. Uh, saying this he probably goes and wins but even when he won I mean to say he won twice last season he won two races last season one of them by 37 lengths and I know it was a match race but I've never seen a horse look so minging for an entire campaign and get two wins out of it he was rancid in the Cotswold Uh, awful yeah, really, I say, I, I'm not a Shantry House fan, in case you haven't... Are you not? No, I didn't, I didn't no. know. Uh, the one is Sam Brown, who surely could be a bit overpriced. That Aintree three-mile handicap is always strong, is it not? It's always a race to take note of that he won at the back end of last season. And it tends to be that it goes the way of your less exposed... Possibly horses coming towards the end of their novice season or horses who are lightly raced into their second season over fences. Sam Brown is neither of those things, but the horses in behind were Shan Blue, Killer Kane, T-Clipper, you know, Accelerator Express. I think that that rates like strong form and he ran a good race in the Charlie Hall, beating only four lengths. Uh, very, very close to El Dorado Allen, who we know is a fine yardstick 
at this sort of level and probably would would be clear, clear second fab in this field. Uh, on that evidence, there wasn't long between Sam Brown and Eldorado Allen. He's always threatened to be a very good horse. And the bottom line of it now, mate, is there, there are more good recent runs from Sam Brown than bad ones when he was a horse who maybe looked like he'd, he'd gone on the downgrade a little bit. Uh, I think you could, that those fears can be allayed. I know he was uh, was quite poor in this race last year when he was last of the three finishers. Uh, that, that that was such a strange event, though, wasn't it? And it wouldn't surprise me if he was the one to chase a hoist in your home if a hoist in your does put his best foot forward. Nine to one, Sam Brown each way. I think he's a very fair price. Yeah, I echo everything you say. I, I'm I'm a fan of Sam Brown. He's very likely raced for a ten-year-old with only the fourteen starts. I I possibly put him in a bit of a hole early on in his career. Of course, he won a heavy ground here, that novice chase, and I thought he must absolutely adore heavy, heavy ground. Um, but the ground at Aintree last season on Grand National Day was quick, fairly quick ground uh, for that time of year. And he, like Lewis said, he, he put that field to bed comfortably. I don't think it was an awful run uh, to finish four lengths behind Brave Man's game. And at 9-1, to one, he is he is the obvious each way bet, possibly for me. Sounds Russian has to step up to this level. And we know Sam Brown can run at this level because of the Charlie Hall last time. Um, I, I agree. I think 9-1 to one's a, a more than fair price. McLernan taking over for the first time would possibly be the only negative for me. Sorry, Richie. I hope he's not listening. No, not a... He should be riding Country House, Richie McLaren, so he can get a bit of practice for when he's riding in Ralph Sedgefield. Yeah, yeah. I, uh... I echo that statement uh, profusely, mate. Uh, but yeah, Sam Brown and possibly Sam's rushing the two angles for me into that sort of race. I mentioned your Sam Brown forecast for me. Fair enough, mate. Over the Grand National Fences next, uh, the 23 runner Beecher Chase. Surprisingly, none of them owned by Mrs. Wilson. Uh, what a glorious sight that is in a big staying handicap. Uh, Ashtown Lad and Jess Keel, uh, the 11 to 2 giant favourites. Captain Kangaroo is 9 to 1. Stow Leopardess and Hill 16 are 12. Same price, 5 star getaway. The Wolf, 14s. 16s, the Rasha Counter. Reciter Prayer, Dr. Kananga. 18 to 1 mild mate fantasticus and 20 to 1 bar them. Uh, Jim will start at the top of the market. I fully, fully get why Jess Keel and Ash Townlad lead the betting here. They're just obvious, aren't they? Um, I mean, Ash Townlad, I think he's the, the right price. I think he's got the right profile. I think this race screams out for him. We saw what he did last year in, in staying con- contests such as the, the Scottish National plodding on to finish fifth. Um, down in trip here, which I think will certainly see him on the better side. He ran a, a pleasant enough debut uh, in the handicap hurdler entry, remastered as run a cracker in the Coral Trophy. Milan Bridge ran a superb race in the walkover at Ascot. Uh, Johnson's Blue came out and won the other day. Catrick uh, and Jericho Rock didn't run an awful race last time. Um, and I know that was over hurdles. His jumping is, was very, very good last season. I know he only was in the winner's enclosure 
uh, once over fences, and that was at Weatherby. But it was assured all the time. Um, didn't like the ground conditions at Haydock. I, I was just outstayed by mint condition last season. Uh, he was beaten by a Hoysenjaer and Noble Yates, which wasn't an awful running at all to Towton. Um, he has an unexposed profile. A mark of 138 is more than generous. I, th- I think he's an absolute steal for a trainer jockey combination that are, are absolutely flying at the minute. And Saturday winners are exactly what they want at this moment in time, and they're getting them. And 11 to 2 about an unexposed type like him over these fences is a, is a, is a cracking bet for me. I think the ground will be a little bit softer this weekend at Aintree, and that will possibly be a negative for Gaskill. Um, uh, not for Gaskill, sorry. Uh, if the ground is too fast for him, sorry. Um, the, he, he may struggle. A lot of his form in France was on heavy ground, and his best performance has been softer and heavy. It was probably, um, in the Sefton last time as, as, as good a ground as he'd like it. He'd, he'd like an absolute bog. Um, and, Stepping up in trip here, we've seen him win a three-mile hunter's chase at Aintree uh, uh, last season. Was it Aintree? No, Ludlow, sorry. Being give me a copper. Um, Henry Buck and Oliver Green all have been flying through the season. We mentioned them early on with Home Public, uh, Oliver Greenwell and, and Josh Guerrero. Um, they're the two standouts. The softer the ground, the better for Gaskill. I think Ashdown lad had gone a slight bit better ground, but he has, like I said, bits and pieces of form in, in softer ground. I think both are generous marks. They set the standard. Um, it'd be nice to see Snow Leopardess back out, looking to try and uh, regain her crown in this. She won it off 140 last year. She's £6 higher here. Um, hopefully a, a safe spin round after a, a little slip before a fence in that veterans chase at Warwick last time. Um Hopefully we'll we'll see it to, to see a best effect. Um, there's not an awful lot at bigger prices of of interest. Fantastic ass is of interest over over these fences. Um, but it'd be interesting to see what he does. He he was slightly disappointed last time, and I'd like to see him um, put his best foot forward for a change because uh, we haven't seen it in a few goals now, and the fences might spark some life back into him. Um, a, a good race, but I think the the two standouts, Captain Kangaroo jumping, could be catastrophic. Do you think? Yeah, that's a worry for him, and I I, I consider him opposable here. I consider both uh, both the Irish Raiders really, well, the, the Jam Monzer as well, in fact, but uh, both the horses uh, Willie is sending over uh, opposable. I, like I say, I'm not going to elaborate on those at the top of the market because you, you've made uh, very, very salient points about them. I'm not sure Jess Keels has as ground dependent as maybe you are. I'm, I'm happy enough with him on this sort of ground. But I, I think this is a good race, a really good renewal this year. I, I think the top two both have smashing chances. Uh, and wouldn't put anyone off backing either of them at 11 to 2. But there are a couple I think are probably worth highlighting. At bigger prices, a couple of them are a little bit more exposed. I'll start with Darasha Counter, who is still a lightly raced animal for a 10-year-old. And to me, Jim, I don't think he's regressed at all after his injury. No, I don't either. 147 is 
he's a fair enough mark. I liked what he did on his return when he was runner-up in a veterans event at Warwick, uh, chasing home Ramsey's the Tay, who, you know, was much, uh, just far, far down in the weights. Uh, no issue with that. When he came down in the Grand National last year, it wasn't his fault. He got absolutely smashed at the canal turn. Uh, he's a sound animal. He retains his ability, I think. 147's probably fair. Uh, others I'd like to give mentions to. You have mentioned Fantasticas. You've been campaigning him as a stayer. And I don't think he is. I, I, I'm not... Never... As much as I like the horse, never been fully convinced he's an out and out stayer. And they ran him in the Scottish National, and then, you know, the, the three and a half miles round Cheltenham, uh, which I, I just wasn't sure was his bag, especially first time up. I don't think he jumped particularly well, but he was still involved with two furlongs left to run. Uh, 20 to 1 is a big price for a horse who. Hold strong form in the ultimate. We mentioned last week, we banged on about it. How good a race I think that looked last year. Uh, he looked a smashing horse at Lingfield when he won that uh, on, on his start previously. And I just don't think he was a, he was, he's ever been a four miler. And I don't think he looked like he wanted that sort of stamina test first time up at Cheltenham last time. The picture is slightly shorter. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get back on track here. I think I think he could run well. The worry is he just uh, took chances at Cheltenham last time. I don't want him to do that at Aintree. And the other one I'd like to give a mention to is the uh, the Ben combination, Jones and Clark, uh, with Dr. Kenanga, uh, named after the villain from my favourite James Bond film, which is Jim. No, I've got no idea. And who watches James Bond films? Fair, I've not seen the last one to be fair, and it came out about two years ago. Uh, Skyfall, that's it. Goldfinger, no, Live and Let Die. It's a banging film where he jumps on the crocodiles. Uh, <laughs> isn't that Crash Bandicoot? Bash Bandicoot, no, in fact, the other villain in that film is called Baron Samaday, he's also a good horse. So there's a theme that's how it works, boys. That's how it works. Uh, no, Dr. Kanango. You know, progressive back end of last season, one at Chepstow and Sandown uh, off 113 and 125. Then he chased home Eva's Oscar in a novice handicap at Exeter. Eva's Oscar was rated 132 that day. He's now rated 140, uh, which is the same as Dr. Kananga. He's gone up £5 for chasing that rival home. But again, look, that, that looks like strongish form, you know, albeit in less than four lengths for a rival who was... I guess has been proving himself eight pounds ish well in on the on the day, similar to the uh, the other Clark uh, star, the Galloping Bear. You know, come through hunt, come through the hunter chase ranks. Uh, jumps really well this horse. I, I've always liked him. He, you know, he he bold, he jumps boldly, goes straight out in front. That always lends itself well to entry. He's sixteen to one again. I think he should be shorter. Uh, 140 could underestimate him. So they're free at, at bigger prices. I think I'll, I'll play with... I genuinely might back five horses in this race. 
That's not like you to back a five five horses in a national race. Oh, and and two and and three of them are sixteen to one or bigger as well. Oh, that, that that is a big surprise. I know, I know, but look, I, I I genuinely think there are that many horses here who could be well in and actually represent as some value. Like I say, I think Captain Kangaroo's too short. I think Snow Leopard S is too short. Uh, as much as much as we'd all love to see her win. Uh, so that makes me want to find find some value further down the market. I probably will whittle the five down, but that's a short list for me so far, and I think they're all fairly salient cases. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, and for me, I am pretty set on Ashdown, lad. Fair enough, mate. I, I say no, not want to put anyone off there. Uh, we will just talk about the final two races at Aintree. Briefly, Jim, the 240. Uh, is a handicap chase over two and a half miles. Riders on the storm, eleven to four, to beat Brave Siasca and Gunsight Ridge at sevens. Nineteen Dubai, fifteen to two. Tens Kiltili Briggs. Elevens Cooper's Cross. Twelves Elvis Mail, and eighteen to one. Bar them, Jim. Does Riders make it back to back? Does he often put back to back performances together? Mm. <laughs> Not really. Um, he was runner-up in this from six times six pounds higher last year. He was, and there's a horse that's beat him multiple times at big at eighteen to one. That although he is twelve, he still showed a little bit of his old self at air. Uh, I'm looking to take riders on the storm. I'm, I do most times he runs. Um, Brace is a horse I liked a lot last season. Stepping up three furlongs here, I don't think will necessarily be to his suit. Uh, I think he's a proper two-mile chaser. Jumps efficiently, quickly. That's bang up his street. Gunsight Ridge jumped horrendously last time at Aintree in a in a weaker division and renewal of renewal in this race. Um, off a mark of one three three, he's up to a mark of one three seven here. He needs to improve again. He needs to jump better, but um, there's still certainly a bit more improvement. Um, again, another one who I've got him sort of pigeonholed as a two-miler. I don't see the need to step him up in trip just yet. Seems to have plenty of pace about him. Although his stamina helped him later on because he made his errors, that might find you out a little bit here. The horse who I, I like and I mentioned already, Clan Legend at 18s. Um, he has a clear fondness for this track, uh, winning uh, this race back in... 2020, off a mark of 127, he's off 130 here um, he's beat Riders on the Storm multiple times including at entry uh, in this race in 2021 um, he's £3 lower than that, although he's older I'd rather back him at 18s than back Riders on the Storm, if yeah. I'm being honest that's fair mate <laughs> Again, I get why Riders is favourite. Uh, of course, he's, he's beat Hitman, who is going to the King George with obvious chances. Yeah, exactly that, and he's still lowering the weights for when, for what, like I said, for when he was one up in this race last year. So the case is obvious. I don't think I'll have a bet in that. Uh, I like that you've put Clan Legend up though, mate, because Nick Alexander is having a fine season. I tell you what, Nick Alexander and Sandy Thompson are the kings of Scotland at the minute. Yeah, I mean, I've been a Thompson fanboy for for as long as we've been doing this podcast, but uh, 
Nick Alexander has, has been brilliant so far this year. Uh, so hopefully, Tran Legend will give him another uh, something else to shout about at the weekend. The final race at Aintree again is a really competitive handicap hurdle over two and a half miles, walking on air. Hundred to thirty favourite to beat Langer Dan seven to two, Harbour Lake Sixers, Herbie A nines, ten sizing Potsy, twelves Benson, sixteens bar them. Uh, brief Jim walking on air again. One three two could be an absolute gift mark. Langer Dan is a horse who I think he's probably better than one four four and should have come on for the run. Uh, but the improvement over this sort of trip really should come from Harbour Lake. Yeah, you'd like to think so. Um, I mentioned him, he was a strong fancy for me in the Greatwood, um, plugged on well, uh, and to step up in trip is, is what he wants, we've seen him over 2-5, 2-4, back over this trip, he'll certainly be of interest, I'm looking to set the top two on in the market in this, uh, Herbie Ayres is a horse that beat Grivatana last time, Grivatana ran first week close last weekend, um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see a little bit more improvements come from him, he's up six for that. But Harbour Lake is, is a solid each way bet for me, and I will be looking to take Walking on Air on. Yeah, I think I would. I think in weaker races, probably not, because I think 1-3-2, he could make an absolute mockery out of that sort of mark. But there are viable alternatives here at the prices. Like I said, Harbour Lake, you liked him in the great, would run well enough to finish third. Uh, just looking every inch of sort of horse who wanted to go back over further. Uh, Langer Dan. I think his handicap form, the more you look at it, the more it looks decent. I thought he was going to win on his reappearance. Uh, that didn't go to plan. But I still think he's he's a horse who could make up into a borderline grader level performer in those sort of like national spirit type races Yeah. in the second half of the season. Uh, I, I think I probably have pushed, I think Harbour Lake could probably be the bet at the current yeah. prices. Yeah, six to one each way. There's plenty of scumbaggery each way going on this weekend. Lots of it, mate, and and I love doing it. It's my my life of blood. <laughs> Jim, you briefly. The last race we'll have any sort of proper discussion about on Saturday, I think, uh, is the Coral Welsh National Trial Handicap Chase. It is the one thirty-seven at Chepstow. Uh, Wayfinder is a 9-4-5 to, to beat Secret Reprieve 5s, Secret Investor 7s, Caribbean Boy and Farinet are 8s, and then you're looking at 9-1 uh, to one time to get up, 10s Elegant Escape, 14s bar them. Three miles here on Chepstow, Jim, uh, any strong opinion? Secret Reprieve loves Chepstow, loves this race. He's only £4 higher. I think he's an obvious bet at 5-1. to one. Um in a race that's got some proper slow boats in him. I still think there's a little bit more progression to, to go with him. Um, he won the Welsh National for Mark of 130 going, going away. Um, I don't think a four-pound rise above that will will be of any insignificance. He was back out in October behind Houston, Texas at Carlisle. Very weak in the market that day. The trainer and owner combination... Love this course, love this race. But he's just an obvious bet for me at five to one. Fair enough, mate. Uh, no, no problem with that. Again, I found this tricky 
and it's probably a race I'll leave alone from a betting point of view. Uh, I respect Wayfinder, fully see why he's favourite, looking for his fourth consecutive success at the course. This is by far the strongest race he's taken part in, though. That being said, again, Secret Reprieve, you're kind of going off course form and not much else. Secret Investor could make a mockery of 158. We've seen how time and time again these graded animals are able to to lump big weights around in handicaps, but uh, we just don't see him very often, do we? And he's been off, been off more than a year, almost two years again, since he won the Denman. Ten-year-old now, if he retains his ability, I think he's the one to beat, genuinely, off top weight. And 7-1 to one is a fair enough price, but I don't think I'd be playing it myself. Caribbean boy. Uh, kept to win... I liked, but I've always thought he's a horse who's a little bit more more missed than hit. I don't think this is a great race, and it wouldn't surprise me if he made more impact here. Uh, but again, he's one I'm happy enough to pass over. Time to get up struck me as being still potentially well handicapped, uh, but he's just too slow over three miles, isn't he? Yeah, and I also think uh, he often needs the run. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I'd agree with that as well. Uh, but maybe may another day for him. But I'll, I'll happily watch him on Saturday. Uh, my other point about the Chepstow card is just I think Dalamoy is a cracking bet to follow up uh, his chasing debut success in the preceding race at 102. But that's it for Saturday for me, mate. Uh, and just to mention in the limited handicap novice chase, uh, Iron Bridge takes on Could Talk About It. It's going to be, have to be some performance from Could Talk About It to, to do that on debut against Iron Bridge, who demolished his field at, at Carlisle. Uh, the seconds come out and won last weekend. Stepping back up, up, stepping up in trip to three miles, he's showed exactly that's what he wanted. Uh, the further he went at Carlisle, the, the better he was. Um, I think uh, Iron Bridge should win that. Uh, he has been honked up in the way it's a hell of a lot. Um, £12 for that performance, but rightly so. Um, he could be progressing into a graded animal the way he's going. And could talk about it at eights. He's a horse who I think will certainly improve for fences. And I'm looking forward to seeing him having his first school round in public. Fair enough, mate. That's something to look forward to there. We could talk about it briefly, Jim, Sunday, because we don't have final decks. Uh, just make a case for the winner in the Peterborough chase, please, mate. Uh, three is Pick Dory, four's first floor of Miller's Bank, six is Mr. Fisher. Eight's fantastic lady. Nine's all mankind. Ten's do your job. And 16 to 1, who is definitely the each way bet if he turns up, I'll dancer. Uh, 20's bar. Uh, I've, I've just said I think I'll dancer, if he turns up at 16's, uh, can, make his, can make an impact in this company. Solid handicap form uh, towards the back end of last season. Returned with a really good effort to win the Grand Sefton. That form could well be boosted by Jeff Gill. On Saturday, I don't really like. Well, I like Pictori to be fair. I do like Pictori, but I, I'm not sure. Sure, there's as much as 13 points in the betting between what the pair of them have been achieving. You know, Pictori's been, I think, been 10 more often than not just being beating inferior opposition in small fields, and he's a horse I like. Uh, but I look at this kind of with, with the intention of getting him beat. First flow, ground surely too quick, surely doesn't run if it's good. Miller's Bank, 
just not a big fan of him away from Aintree. Not a big fan of him away from Aintree. Mr Fisher uh, runs badly more than he runs well nowadays. Uh, so, yeah, I'll dance at a bit of a price in the Peterborough for me. Not a race I've got a, a tall strong opinion about, and I don't really care what wins it. I'm going to be slightly harsh about this. No, I'd agree, mate. I, I looked at that field and I was just a bit like, meh. Well, this is happening, isn't it? Uh, I hope there's a three o'clock game on on the Sunday. <laughs> uh, briefly, Fairy House again, mate. Shall we just talk about the, the grade ones briefly? Who wins the Royal Bond? Uh, Champ Keely should, shouldn't he? Yeah, he should. He's 11 to 10. Uh, but that's merited. Marine National, 2 to 1. He's a good rival and should make it a race. But I get why Champ Kyle is a favourite. Yeah. Probably a bigger price, Irish points of interest. Interesting. The Dream Mall, this looks a good race. Three Stripe Life is twos. Banbridge and Mighty Potter are 11 to 4. Really don't like the latter name there at 11 to 4. He just looks so gawky on Chase debut. Hollow Games and the Devil's Coachman are sixes. Adamantly chosen El Barra, eights. Ennis Kerry, nines. Tens bar them. Uh, does Three Stripe Life win this, pal? No. I, don't, I didn't like. I didn't like the way I thought before the ill-fated uh, grand jury last time I thought he was beat if I'm going to be honest I didn't exactly like what he did David Russell's been very positive about him Um, I'm looking to get him beat Banbridge sets the standard Mighty Potter you mentioned was won comfortably enough a few slight errors if he brushes he needs to brush up on a, a lot I d- didn't like it, mate. Thought he was he's, he's still, and he was last year, and there is ability in him. But he's at the minute still all body, no brain. But you'd uh, Bambridge at eleven to four would make a sensible bet for me. No, I'd agree, mate. I think that's sensible. I get why three stripe lives fav, but I don't think he sets an insurmountable standard. Uh, Bambridge, Bambridge's chasing effort so far, I'd agree with you, are the best of what we've seen. The bet for me at 6 to one should he turn up is surely Hollow Games. His jumping was perfect last time. Yeah, and I thought he looked so slow last season. So slow. And he he just looked at an entirely different horse at Navan on Chase debut. He attacked his fences over two miles, uh, made most, jumped well, aggressive. Uh, and everything we saw of him last year, he should be an improved model again over this trip. Yeah, and you look at that form behind Bambridge, he was third behind him, giving him six pounds in weight for three and a half lengths, nearly four. Um, off off levels here, um, you'd expect a closer performance, and, and especially with that round of jumping that he gave last time, I wouldn't be surprised if he's closer. Agreed, mate. And in the Hatton's grace, Honeysuckle's homecoming, she's free to one on to beat Classical Dream. Who sixes Ashdale Bob Darvin Star to Hoopoo Echoes in Main a sixteens, twenty fives commander of fleet, thirty three, Sal J and Sire de Burley. Uh this should be lovely for De Bromhead's mare. Get her out a little bit of a response to Constitution Hill. I doubt she'll be anywhere near as impressive as what he was last weekend, but should be look, we all love her if you're a racing fan, you have to love Honeysuckle, and it should be fun to see her get what should be another Hatton's Grace victory. Correct. Bang on. Brilliant stuff, mate. Brilliant stuff. Does that just mean we've got our naps left to do? 
Yep, it's a hell of a weekend this week, and the amount of action uh, that there is. Um, I think my best bet of the weekend is Ashdown Lad in the in the beach, probably. At that price, eleven to two, is of certain interest for me. That's interesting, mate, and and it's such a competitive race, and you can make so many chances. So I like that you're that confident there. I've mentioned Dalamoy. He's 7-4, to four, but I, I think he's probably the better of the weekend at that price. I think Revels Hill uh, will win. And the horse I mentioned, our massive price for the great would Lebowski, is running in the 158 at Weatherby. We don't have prices for that yet. It's a uh, seven-runner handicap hurdle over two miles. I think there's more to come from this horse this season. Interesting to see what the market suggests uh, for him when he's initially priced up. But he's one I'll definitely be keeping an eye on and looking to play if I think it's a price. Yeah, I will be following in. Thanks for being here, Jim. I've enjoyed that this week. Yeah, a proper, proper weekend of action. It felt like the jump season proper got into gear last weekend with Constitution Hill. And hopefully this weekend Honeysuckle can send a nice reply and uh, good racing from Sandown, uh, Aintree, Weatherby, everywhere across the country. So sit on your sofa once again and enjoy. Yeah, it's what we wanted. Did. John Bond, Shishkin and Honeysuckle out in the same weekend. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Uh, thanks to everyone for tuning in to Turf Talk and then this week. Uh, happy for the hopefully. See you again next week. Be good, be good.